The Cleveland Guardians sweep the Minnesota Twins. We thought a best case scenario just because of bad luck of late would be two out of three. Nope, a sweep. We'll get into all of the games. We will preview the Los Angeles Angels series on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. Sweep, sweep, sweep. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, as I have been as we approach 800 episodes of this show. Soon, we will have a co-host announcement. I can say that. We do have someone. It is in the the final sprint uh, of who's going to come in. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the show. It is humorous because they went out and did some recruitment, not realizing it's somebody I know. <laughs> like, know well. Like, guys, you, if you just checked with me, I could have... Put in a good word. Luckily, I put in a good word afterwards, and uh, yeah, we'll have some information soon. Uh, for those who don't know me, like I said, Jeff Ellis, I was the lead drafting prospect analyst at Scout in 24-7. Scout ran out of money, got bought by CBS, and 24-7 decided that baseball was not worth keeping. Now I am here at Locked On, a great company. I'm glad to work for them. Uh, and I want to thank you for making Locked On Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And I want to remind you again, please, subscribe. We're up to over 600 subscribers on YouTube, 1,000 is a big deal for this little channel. So if you have not, please go do that. We have to start with the Friday game, right? Because, listen, I mean, I literally sat there and did, like, the whole motion. And, you know, I'm I'm moving away from the mic, like, rule number one. But I did the whole motion about the back of the hair. I had talked about this, that it is something that stands out because it happens after before every pitch. (laughs) Check for the twins apparently agreed. And I knew it was a matter of time before this happened. That's why I brought it up. Uh, so if you listen to the show, you know, like, just, it was going to happen in this series. They checked 99 and he was clean. And, you know, it, he's saying it's all rosin and, um, sweat. And apparently you can really junk a ball that way. It, it's kind of, it's not doing as much as the spider tack, but it is doing, uh, enough <laughs> because, you know, like I said, this is a guy who it's just crazy to look at the numbers from the in-between period. Uh, and he also is the sweatiest reliever I've ever seen. I swear he must run laps before he comes in. But he you know, he knows what he's doing to be effective. I am curious to see what will happen for him next year when there's that pitch clock on. Can he do that whole routine in 20 seconds? Or 30 with a base runner on? And I know he, you know, in uh, he's been on a pitch clock in Akron. Uh, but that was before his current routine. That is effective. And here's the thing. And I've talked about this before with 99. He is a creature of habit unlike any player I've ever met in the minors. I have interviewed most of the guys on this team at one point in time. And there is nobody I have ever seen who is more set and rigid in their what they need to do. He is 100% someone who, like... That routine isn't for show. It's not for giggles. That is just what he, like right now, he views that as what part of what makes him effective. So he needs to do it. So I'll be curious to see when he can't, uh, what's going to happen. But, uh, you know, the, to me, the bigger issue right now is just the control has been coming and going a bit, but he still stays, you know, dominant. That inning, it's hard to, listen, it was a crud show of an inning that messed with his head. 
and I don't blame him at all for the bad inning. You know, it's yes, it's not what you want. Uh, and Yale also was not great in this one, and he has been so, so. I mean, he's still got an ERA under three in spite of his struggles. But this bullpen has been so solid, so steady. Uh, I I don't think I can you can put a single blame on anyone in this for Class A. Nice for him to get the rebound. And then they, they did change the pitching staff, if you listened to the show. It was not Aaron Sanchez, though he did pitch a significant amount in this one. They got to Dylan Bundy. Sanchez was actually really good for them in relief, and I talked about it. I remember him being good against the Guardians. I continued his three and a third. One hit, two strikeouts, no walks. Uh, luckily, the seven runs was enough. They were able to hold on. You know, uh, Trevor Steffen pitched well. Class A pitched well. Sandlin did his job. They all took care of business in this one. It was a lot of hits on both sides. And Cleveland, of course, had no walks. The Twins had two. But 15 hits for Cleveland, 14 hits for Minnesota. Cleveland had 15 hits with no walks. Uh, make sure there was not... There was yeah, of course, Jimenez got hit by a pitch. Uh, so 16 opportunities. That should be about five to six runs. Guardians got seven. That's good on them. That's better. Other side, 14 hits, a hit batter, and two walks. So right there gives you 17. Um, and then the two errors, 19 opportunities. Minnesota had more opportunities in this game. Uh, with the 19 opportunities, that's, you know, six to seven. They had six. You know, they were more in line. Cleveland overperformed. Uh, and you get down to it, the, you know, Gonzalez had two home runs and Hedges had a home run. And that's essentially you overperform when you see the power. And they had it there and a double by Naylor. So, you know, you take it because, listen, Quantrill went five and a third innings, nine hits, one walk. You don't love... 10 base runners in five innings, that's not good. Like, he kind of walked a, a tightrope in that regard. Two, uh, I think I said the two rounds, only one earned. Seven strikeouts is high for him. I mean, when you get down to it, he's most games sitting in like five or less. So that was a high amount. Uh, you know, it's weird to be like he gave up one earned run and it's not his best outing of late because he's had so many low outings in terms of uh, earned runs. Just would have loved to see him go a little bit deeper, but I'm not. I, I don't have any issue with this performance. He's probably still going to be one of the stars of the game. It's just continued excellence for Quantrell, uh, who reached base twice. This is almost one of those times where it's like, who didn't? Uh, Rosario did, Naylor did, Oscar Gonzalez did, Hedges did, and it's it's inter- you know another one hitter by Miles Straw. That, it's all it's clicking up. Two hundred three average after this game. Uh, Palacios. Uh, Everyone at least reached base once. You know, we talked about who reached base twice. Everyone reached base at least once in this one. The three stars, well, Oscar Gonzalez had two home runs. That's rather easy and a four-hit game in general. Uh, Josh Naylor having three hits and one of them being a double. Uh, I appreciate what Hedges did with two hits in the home run, but I think I'm going to go for three hits and double over two hits in a home run. Uh, and then I still think it goes to Quantrell for his performance when you go, you know, five innings, one earned run, you've done your more than done your job. Just kind of checking the time here. Why don't we take our first commercial break, come back and talk about the Saturday and Sunday games, and then that'll give us some time to talk about the Los Angeles Angels on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. As we gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. Locked In Jobs is here to help it here to make it easier to help you find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job in minutes on LockedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. The uh, is not for LockedIn Jobs. LockedIn is fantastic. It's a great company. 
the uh, is for my inability to speak right now, so I want to apologize to LinkedIn that I'm not doing um, the best ad read. This is a good company. I've enjoyed having a LinkedIn profile. I've talked about that one of the great things about LinkedIn is there's a lot of baseball people on LinkedIn. Go check that out. And if you want to get hired in the baseball industry, I'm not saying necessarily I can't make any promises or anything of that. Like, I am just saying a lot of the baseball industry is in Locked On. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy. I keep saying Locked On. LinkedIn, not Locked On. LinkedIn. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Do you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnMLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And, you know, if you're listening to the ad read, you want to be like, hey, Jeff, that's a terrible ad read. And I just want to say thank you for kicking me when I already know it was that. Um, some background on the evening. Uh, if you're hearing a slight hum in the background, we had some flooding here because it's been raining all day in uh, Wisconsin. So I have some fans going uh, while I'm hoping to record this before I could maybe lose power if the storm continues. Uh, it's about the third time we've had basement flooding, and um, yeah, that's my fun evening, so a little more scattered than normal. Let's get into these games, though, now that I've given you my excuse uh, for everything. Let's talk about Saturday. <sighs> Brian Shaw, man, right? <laughs> like Mackenzie goes seven innings, six hits, two walks, five strikeouts. Eight base winners in seven innings is fantastic. You'd like to see maybe a few more missed bats, a few more strikeouts. We're not going to argue with that. Nick Sandlin comes in, one inning, does his job. Yeah, Ray's down to 2 1 3, by the way. Uh, Class A comes in, gets the, makes it interesting, that's for sure. Uh, not his cleanest, but gets saved 33. He has one third, you know, records one out, also gives up two hits. Shaw's just a disaster. You sit in low 90s. And by the way, that, that game there. Shaw made 250000 for appearing in that game. And I say that game because that's where my secondary monitor is. That got him to fifty. That's a $250,000 bonus. That performance is another $250,000. As he... Let's... I'm going to pause the show so I can give us the exact amount he has made this year. I'm sorry. I had it wrong. He is... That was the last of the $150,000 bonuses. So he only got 150000 for that appearance. He has hit all of his $150,000 bonus... Uh, he's up to 55 appearances on the year. That's the last of those. That's 700000 extra dollars. So on top of the generous $3 million he got, um, he then got an additional 700000 And he can make an additional 750000 for hitting 60, 65, and 70, which I, mean, I, I don't think he's going to hit 70. I also don't think it's impossible. If he hits those, his 3.7 becomes $4.5 million. $4.5 million. I mean, it's just hard to believe that they thought that he would be worth $4.5 million uh, for guys who hasn't had a negative war in about five years. Or, I'm sorry, hasn't had a positive war. Has had nothing but negative wars over the last five years. I was just trying to pull up his baseball reference because I just want to make sure that his contract is non-guaranteed, that it's not a situation where they owe him any additional money when they hopefully do not pick up the $4 million option for next year on that contract because he's just not good. Uh, pure club option. They didn't even list the money on it on Baseball Reference. That's how unlikely they think it is to be accepted. Uh, but it is for $4 million and he's made $3.7 $3. this year. Um, hard to believe, right? 
know, Chris Archer only went two innings for them. He wasn't terrible. Cole Sands was. Emilio Pagan is just the gift that keeps on giving for the Cleveland Guardians. They, and they got kind of lucky, right? This nearly blew up in their face. And that's what happens when you say, and this is what I get, right? I spent the last week talking about my concerns with Oscar Gonzalez. I haven't even looked at the comments from the weekend. I'm sure there's people there. Like I said, maybe he is on a Salvi path. Maybe he's going to be, and I saw some interesting things. Like, is Salvi going to be considered the second, third, or fourth greatest Royal of all time? I was like, really? Uh, I mean, obviously, I think George Brett's won, but it was kind of crazy to think amongst hitters that some of the people who are Royals fans are already putting him in, like, number two company. I'm like, they had some really good professional hitters at points in their career. Uh, But, yeah, that's how he's viewed. So if he can go on a Salvi-like career... That's probably your best outcome. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, it never fails. Uh, you know, I, I'm making, I, I actually say, hey, Shaw hasn't been terrible in uh, single-inning performances, and he just is awful. I talk about my concerns with Oscar Gonzalez, and he manages to get off the snide. For those wondering, for his career, Salvi has a 106 OPS. He's been worth 32 war. A lot of that is... Um, I don't know if I want to say Yeah, I mean, he's been a positive defensive catcher every single year uh, in terms of OPS plus in, like, full seasons. 105, 91, 88, 91, 106, 91, didn't play. 159, 128, 106, 105 for his career. Uh, yeah, you're kind of hoping for that. Now, one being a plus defensive catcher versus a plus outfielder, a little bit different values there, but still, I think that is what we are hoping for. Oscar Gonzalez had a walk in this game. Just if you want to talk about things that stand out about his performance after the two-home run game to come back and have a walk. Cleveland had seven walks. For a team that I, I feel like they don't get seven walks in a week sometimes. It's seven walks in this game. I mean, that blew my mind. Now, four of them were to Quan. He had four walks overall in that game. Uh, but, yeah, seven walks. Uh, that was just the 12th of the year for Oscar Gonzalez. Uh, so, you yeah. Still pretty uncommon for him. Jimenez had a walk. Jose Ramirez had a walk. Yeah, a lot of a lot of guys had walks. Jose Ramirez had three hits and a walk. Who reached base twice? Well, obviously Quan if he had four walks. Jose Ramirez if he had three hits. And then you just you go down. Uh, Oscar Gonzalez, we talked about he had a hit and a walk. And then I should probably look and see. Naylor and Benson both got hit by that's right, I forgot the the super weird inning. So Benson uh, did not, but Naylor didn't he have a hit? Yeah, so he reached base twice. Uh, it was nice to see Benson playing back-to-back games. Defense out there is very nice when you're running him out there. Uh, offensively, it's still a big struggle for him relative to uh, the field. This was, you know, Straw struggled in this one, but he, he rebounded on Sunday. Again, it's nice to see him showing some signs of life after a historically awful year. Let's just talk about, I believe it was the third inning. We have to talk about it. Steve Kwan walks. You get a double play from Ahmed, which he leads the team in because, you know, he's, his, his uh, nickname should be Mr. GDIP. Um, they do a review that they lose, and then you get a walk to Jose. Then they hit Naylor. Then you walk Oscar Gonzalez, who never walks, to load the bases. Then you walk Andres Jimenez. Then you hit Will Benson. Then Luke Miley grounds out, and that finally gets him out of the inning. It was an odd, odd inning. Luckily... It was enough. You know, they got two in the third. They'd get one more in the fourth, one in the seventh. And that was enough to hold on in this one. Three stars in this one. Jose, three hits. Uh, and, and the walk. 
I'm going to say Quan for reaching base four times. That's always an accomplishment. And then Tristan McKenzie, seven innings, no earned runs, allowing eight base runners. That's a solid performance right there. But you thought I was going to say Shaw? <laughs> and there's nothing else to say about Shaw either. You think that he is a solid, steady vet that this team needs, or you know he's a dumpster fire. Um, it was, again, seven walks really stood out to me in this game. And yes, Cole Sands was just all over the place. I remember him as like, I want to say he was, did he go to Florida State? Yeah, like there was this, he was a fifth round pick. There was some thought that he would be a first round pick when he got to college. And he could have been a top three round pick out of high school. And the moral of the story is if you can get seven figures out of high school, take the seven figures and run. Um, Cleveland pulled this off. Uh, you know, solid performance, box score, bingo it. Seven hits and seven walks is 14 opportunities. They also had two hit batters at 16. That should be five to six runs. Hey, they got six. Minnesota had 12 hits. Two walks, that's 14 opportunities. An error with Cleveland, that is 15 opportunities. Should be about five runs. They got four. So it's about even. It's about how you expect. Cleveland picks up the win in this one. And at that point in time, I don't know about you, but I was just content. I was content. I'm like, okay, I'm feeling good. Uh, originally, I didn't know Josh Winder was going to pitch, and Winder you know, had been really good when he's healthy this year, had been a solid rookie pitcher, uh, and he pitched fairly well, uh, gave up the two solo shots in this one, but all in all, when you're looking at it, just Shane Bieber was pretty fantastic, and the bullpen was there as well. Uh, you know, 99 made it interesting in the ninth, but they it almost felt like, I get it, Class A pitched the last two nights. So they're going to let him have a rest. But it also felt like, did anyone else feel like that was a bit of a, a you know, and how can I say this on a family friendly podcast? They were really uh, saying uh, fudge, right? That's, that's what they were saying to the, uh, to the twins. Like, you know, yeah, you know where I'm going. By sending him out after everything that happened on Friday. Like, that just felt like, how did that story not get more run? That Like, after everything that happened, they were going to be like, okay, go, go close them out. Go sweep the Twins, a team that, with their loss on Saturday, for the first time since April, we're no longer first or second in the division. A team that has owned the Central most of the division, who with this game would fall below 500. Yeah, go sweep them, 99. Cleveland wins this one 4-1. to one. They had 10 hits, and again, the walks. Five walks in this one. Two to Jose. Nice to see him getting those walks. When he was... In the conversation for MVP, he's not right now. I'm sorry. He's been very good, but he's not, you know, there's a top two to discuss and then everyone else. When Jose was one of those top two, it was when he was walking a lot. So seeing the two walks is nice there. And then Oscar Gonzalez, I'm sorry, yesterday was walk 11. This was walk 12. Has he had a game all year or two games in a row with walks in it? That's it's kind of phenomenal for him. Jimenez doesn't walk a lot either, let's be honest. And uh, he had a walk in this one. And then Miles Straw with a three-hit game. Average is up to 206. His OPS is a 530. By the way, Austin Hedges is at a 546. And Hedges has played better in the second half. Like, I, I'm not saying that to, like, necessarily, but more to be like, hey, for all of Straw's struggles, and we know Hedges has not been, he, this was not a good game with three strikeouts for Hedges, but, like, he has been a lot better in the second half. And Straw's creeping up. Straw's creeping. Just stand. Just watch. He is creeping. Over the past week, he's had a few multi-hit games. He's been getting on base. There are signs of life uh, in this one with what occurred there. Who reached base multiple times in this one? Well, Quan had three hits. We talked about Straw had three hits. 
Jose had two walks and a hit. Naylor had a hit and a walk. You had a hit and a walk by Jimenez. And then we also need to talk about, see, Jose Ramirez also had an intentional walk, as did Jimenez. And I believe those you know don't count in the box. So technically three walks for Jose and two for Jimenez. And then Rosario was hit by a pitch. So the only person who didn't reach, I don't think Hedge is the only one who didn't at least reach base. It's kind of nice seeing less of Owen Miller. I kind of like that they were using that DH spot. Like in this one, again, I don't know, yesterday's game, not this one, yesterday's game. I, I was, you know, conflating it because uh, Benson had that great catch. It's like you see kind of the value of running out the rookie and seeing what you got. Uh, Clement did get to pinch run again, so at least he's doing something once a week. Um, nice job if you can get it, I guess. Uh, extra base hits in this one. You had two doubles. Jimenez had his 16th home run. Quan with his fourth. And for a long time, this was a 2-1 game based off of the strength of those two. And how about the bullpen? Bieber, six and a third innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk. So six and a third, six base runners, seven strikeouts. You'll take it. That's a strong performance. Hedges, we hadn't seen all weekend, comes in, does his job. Uh, Trevor Steffen comes in and gets that two-thirds of it. Now, it's kind of weird. I get it. It's probably, you know, facing the lefty, heading off another end, inning. And then you got uh, Trevor Steffen comes in and gets another hold while on his way to being the greatest Rule 5 pick in franchise history. And then 99 slams the door for save number two. And his second save, listen, I know Sunday is technically the beginning of a new week, but I'm going to say in a week, right? His second save in a week. Stolen bases by Straw for 17 and Quan 14. Three stars in this one. Bieber. <sighs> Debate here, right? Because part of me is like you give it to, to Straw and Quan for each having three hits. And Quan had a home run, so Quan is an easy one. Like he is, so it's it's Shaw versus Jimenez, who Jimenez reached base three times thanks to the intentional walk as well, and also you know had a home run. So I think it is you know the extra hit versus two walks. I'm going to give it to Straw. Okay, I'm going to continue to hope for this step in the right direction. Jimenez, I'm sorry, almost every other week you'd make it, every other game I should say, huge victory. Like I mean, this is just one of those that. On the other side of things, you have to feel terrible. Um, you, if you are a Twins fan, it has to be a just a bad feeling in your entire gut to see this team that you thought was going to maybe win this division, who went out and signed Carlos Correa. I think we all assume Correa is going to opt out. And listen, before any Cleveland fan does a victory lap, this Twins team is beat to heck. Uh, Cleveland has been very lucky in terms of health. And I know you're probably out there. What about Plesak and Savale hasn't been healthy all year? Yeah, that's two guys who are lower down the line. It's not like when they lost Bieber a year ago. Uh, we can argue about the whole situation with Jose Ramirez and health. Cleveland has still been much healthier than many, many other teams. So I just look at this as be thankful that Cleveland has been healthy. And you can see how it affects the other side with just how hurt the Twins were in this one. We're going to take our break, come back, and talk a little bit about the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Okay, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, one of the clunkiest names in baseball. Uh, Let's be honest there. So I decided to pull up, let's just look at some second half team stats. Let's just talk about where this team is. I was kind of curious because Connor Pilkington is slated to throw for the Guardians tomorrow, right? That's the first matchup in this series. And looking at their team uh, ahead of time for this series, in terms of who hits well, you, you got Ward, Otani, and Trout. 
and that's pretty much it. Everyone else has below 100 runs created plus. I would argue they're actually a little bit better against lefties than righties, so I was a little bit surprised they did that in terms of Cleveland just with the matchup in this series. If we're just going through and doing like the straight head-to-head, -head, how we have done all year. Well, before we do that, let's talk about the midseason stuff I pulled up. So they're about middle of the pack in ERA. What has been the issue is that offense that I kind of talked about briefly there for a second. Uh, 26th in runs created plus, just two points ahead of Detroit. Who's, hey, sneaking up in the second half here. Colorado, Pittsburgh, and Miami. It's it's a pretty weak grouping, and they're there. That offense has had three players that stand out, and then the rest of it has been, is it safe to say, a bitter disappointment? I mean, there's a lot of money being spent on a lot of guys who aren't doing anything. So let's just start at the catcher position in terms of our spot-by-spot -spot comparison. Uh, 67 runs created plus for Max Stasi. Uh, solid defender uh, in that role as well. Why can I not see Austin Hedges? He's at a 61, but is a better defender. I'm going to call that position a push. I think it is a general push. Stasi was really good a year ago. This year, he's come back to earth a little bit. Uh, he's a, you know, a 61 versus 67 isn't much. Hedges is a superior defender. Advantage Cleveland. Never thought I'd see the day. Mike Ford has been playing first base for them primarily. Yes, scrap heap Mike Ford uh, versus Josh. Is Naylor the most games this week? I should probably double check with the way they, they run through things. Miller had two. Naylor had three. Yes, Naylor is our first baseman for this week. Uh, that is advantage Cleveland. I don't really need to spend too much more time there. Moving on to second base, advantage Cleveland. Uh, David Fletcher, it's been a little bit of a disappointing run for them. I said a few years ago, that I thought they would have traded Fletcher straight up, Lindor for Fletcher straight up. Boy, am I glad they didn't do that. But when they were talking about like what that deal might look like, or even when we were discussing like if they would trade Clevenger, maybe it was Clevenger, but either way, it was one of those guys where it's like if they were to do a deal, I, I thought Fletcher was very much the Guardians type. Uh, you know, not to say he's been bad, but he's been below average, which is not great. Moving on to shortstop, Max Duffy started a few games, is listed on Fangraphs, though he didn't really start many games for them. Uh, Fletcher had two games at short and three at second base. Their primary shortstop has been Andrew Velasquez, who they released earlier this year, who Cleveland had and released. Advantage Cleveland, Rosario's struggling, Velasquez is a borderline major league talent. Uh, if you're keeping track at home, Cleveland has won all of the offense positions so far. Cleveland, by the way, 21st in runs created plus in the second half, if you were curious. Moving on to third base, advantage Cleveland. Uh, do we really need to focus? I mean, that's been Matt Duffy primarily playing that position four games this week for them. Uh, yeah, Jose Ramirez is playing better every single day. Uh, let's see, Matt Duffy, how, his struggles at that. He's at, a, he's at a 64 for his runs created plus. Andrew Valesquez, by the way, at a 47. Uh, moving on to the outfield, left field. Uh, Mickey Moniak has played two games there. I believe he's their primary guy. Came over uh, as kind of an afterthought. He's got a 122 runs created plus in 22 plate appearances. He hasn't played a ton. Uh, part of that Brandon Marsh trade. Uh, he's played two games on left. I just want to see three games on left to Joe Adele. So it's more Joe Adele than, uh, than Mickey Moniak. Adele, uh, he is up to a 74 runs created plus, and he has a negative defensive value. Maybe this is, again, an example of, like, when we make that list of, like, top prospects who have not worked out, Stephen Kwan, clear advantage. Cleveland moving to center field. I mean, advantage Cleveland, right? I'm kidding. Uh, Mike Trout versus Miles Straw. Hey, you know, you can't win them all. 
Then we go to right field, where I just want to double check, is it, if it's mostly Taylor Blake Ward, yeah, he's primarily the right fielder. Uh, that's going to be advantage to Los Angeles as he continues to be a very fun discovery for them. A 127 runs created plus. Uh, very strong. I'll have 18 home runs. Strong offensive performer and DH is going to be advantage as well. So they get three spots. Um, you know, we get, Cleveland gets what? Let's just, I wasn't adding up because it got to be such a big advantage. Four, five, six. Cleveland's up three. Uh, before you even get into, you know, a rotation where Cleveland is missing some of the scarier guys are not going to face Otani this weekend. When you're looking at like the FIP of, you know, Otani's at 254 FIP. That's really good. Uh, the Who Cleveland has this week, and this week, I think I said weekend, I meant two week, Detmers, Suarez, Sandoval, lefties, right? So that could be problematic for Cleveland. If you're going to sit back and if Cleveland drops two out of three, you're probably going to say, it's because of lefties. Now, Suarez and Detmers have FIPs over four, barely, right in that uh, camp. And Sandoval is actually at a 314. He's really good. That's He's up to a 3.2 war. He's been quite the fine for them. He's been their second most effective pitcher this year. Detmers has a 1.6 war. And Suarez is at 1.2. You know, they've had some of these young players step up this year. Uh, Detmers versus Pilkington should be advantage to... Uh, Los Angeles, Suarez versus Morris, uh, push. I mean, I, I'm just the problem with Morris is he can only go 60 pitches. It's a it's a bit of an issue. And then Sandoval versus Quantrell. I love how Quantrell's pitched, but Quantrell is not a four-win pitcher. Sandoval is on his way to being a four-win pitcher. That's advantage. So Los Angeles actually has the starting pitcher advantage in the series. Again, lucky that Cleveland isn't facing you know, Lorenzen and Otani. I feel like I know Lorenzen hasn't had the best year in the transition to starter, but uh, he's still the type of guy that sometimes it feels like Cleveland would struggle against. Uh, I think, you know, and then bullpen, Jimmy uh, Herget has been a revelation. He has been quite good for them. A guy who has bounced, a bounced, a wound, bounced around uh, quite a bit in his career. A lot of kind of uh, you know, Jamie Barea was supposed to be a really strong starter for them. At one point, he's now in the pen. I mean, sometimes that's where you get your most talent. This is a it's a very weak pen. Uh, Jared Walsh, the first baseman, struggled before having thoracic outlet syndrome. Uh, Anthony Rendon has wrist surgery. Griffin Canning has back discomfort. Chris Rodriguez is just never healthy. Shoulder surgery this time. Lorenzen, strained shoulder. Why is it? Yeah. Is he projected to be back? Is that why I saw him on a projection? Jonathan Diaz and Archie Bradley, who they went out and paid that money to in free agency. Beat-up team uh, going the wrong way in the division, 61-79. and 79. Last time they faced, Cleveland struggled. This time, you got to take two out of three. Okay? Listen, I understand that Quantrill-Sandoval matchup in particular could be tough. And here's the thing. Detmers is exactly the type of guy they struggle with. I wouldn't be shocked if they take one out of three. But when you're facing a bad team, you really should take two out of three. And that's the thing. I don't expect high-scoring affairs for Cleveland because of, again, it's kind of a hard pitching matchup just because of who they have to face. Sandoval is a lefty, right? I'm not crazy. Yeah, he's a lefty. I thought he always end up as like a, an elite, elite reliever. So that's one I didn't get right. That's a hard pitching matchup. I think 
you know, this this game tomorrow is going to be the roughest one because I just I don't trust Pilkington. Uh, Tuesday, have those you know henches be ready to go because you didn't pitch any other game this weekend. You, you're going to get out there in that one. Uh, then the nice thing is you have the off day Thursday before five games against the Twins. And that's why, as excited as we might want to get as Guardians fans, uh, I don't want to say this past week meant nothing, but uh, four and a half games can go like that. It was a terrible snap. Like that. Uh, if you struggle a little bit with L.A., because it is, like I said, a bad matchup. And then Minnesota catches you on a revenge tour. It could go the other way. We'll talk about the Twins later in the week. We'll talk about what's left in this Guardian schedule. And, um, you know, it's interesting. The numbers show... People like it when I talk about the minors. Those are some of the most popular episodes. But I get the most negative comments when I talk about the minors. So that is the question of the day. Should I talk about the minors more? Less? Should I just stick to one episode a week and really dive deep? Let me know your thoughts. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been Lockdown Guardians Podcast. Remember to rate and review. Download daily. It helps. Please subscribe on YouTube if you're at all able. Uh, I never do anything else. Ask for you to do anything outside of download, subscribe. So if you've enjoyed the show, please, please, please go do that. Hey, make multiple accounts. If you're like, I really like the show, hey, uh, I'll take multiple accounts. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I'm subscribed with uh, with two my two Gmails, my work and my personal, as well as my teaching one. So I'm, I'm all out. I'm three of my 600. Um, but yeah, just some behind the curtain. Uh, but let's end it for real now. Go, go, Guardians, go.